Hey everybody, this is your host Robert with a quick note before we get to the show. You hear me say it every week that we here at Panglossian Productions with the best of all possible podcasts love the weird. For many reasons, 10-minute plays allow playwrights to venture into areas where they wouldn't take the time or the effort necessarily with full-length productions. This week, we're going to read a play called Crisis Line by Dan Borengasser. This play is about a woman who is suicidal, who calls a crisis line for help and receives more than she bargained for. When I read this play by myself at home on my couch, I took it at face value. It's a comedy. But as you'll see pretty quickly here, the two actors we had this week, Liz and Sharon, had a different take on the play. Now, that's okay. To be perfectly honest with you, I considered pulling the play, but after speaking with the actors and with our sound tech Lauren and several other people about it, I came to two conclusions. One is centered around the mission of this podcast. We bring new works with new voices to life. That's what we do with honest reactions. And the reactions that you're going to hear today are honest and real. Secondly, I don't know about you, but I hear constantly that we need to have in this country an open dialogue about some tough topics. Suicide, depression. And oftentimes I feel at a loss as to how to bring that dialogue forward. But what I know to be true is that censoring ourselves when topics make us uncomfortable is not productive. If you, or if anyone you know, is suffering from depression or having suicidal thoughts, please call the helpline. On the other end, you will find somebody who is compassionate and wants to listen. I know that you're going to enjoy this show. I know that you're going to enjoy the conversation afterwards. Thank you for listening. to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your host, Robert Weathers, and you know what I'm going to say. We here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and don't you know it, we love 10-minute plays. And over the course of the, our time here in Williamsburg, we've put on a number of evenings of 10-minute plays, plays submitted to us by playwrights from around the world. And they submitted so many that we absolutely positively could not possibly perform all of these plays. So we've decided that we will bring a new one to you every week right here on the Best of All Possible podcast. So you'll want to go ahead and hit that subscribe button now. Lucky you. You're in before everyone else. <laughs> Except for those other people that have already subscribed. Hey! So hey! You're not, you're not introduced yet. Stop. Damn, <laughs> so anyways... Uh, this week, we're going to be reading a play, as usual, but we're going to have a special guest with us who is also, I guess, sort of as usual. We've been on the play, uh, on the show a lot here in the recently, past. Recently, yeah. Yeah, very last recently. Month or so. The last time we recorded. <clears throat> about half an hour ago. Well, <laughs> wasn't the last time you recorded. It was the time before that. That's right. But nonetheless, welcome back, Sharon Holland. It is nice to have you back here. It's been a wonderful evening. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. So, Sharon, I'm going to ask you a question that uh, is, can you guess? It's tangentially, tangentially oh, related. I'm getting you a thesaurus. <laughs> that is, I don't know, this one tangentially. No, That's four syllables. No. This is pretty good. Uh, 
No. Related to the play that we're about to read. There we go. So here's my question. When you call a service, like ordering a pizza or calling like the, the cable company on the phone, do you hope to reach a real person or a machine? I hope I don't have to make the phone call. Does that count? Oh, <laughs> man, that does count. <laughs> I think but so. But if I have to, I really want to talk to a real person because it took enough to get, get up the courage to make the phone call to begin with. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so have you had to call uh, one of them recently? Uh, a, a cable service or what have you? Uh, doctor billing. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it took a while to get through to a real person. You know, when, when, I, when I was young, my, uh, my older brother and younger brother both would make me call to order pizza. And they and the reason they said they go is because you're better at talking to people, and I said, but they're literally waiting for you to call them so that you can order this pizza, and they're like, I don't care, you're better at this. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> but anyways, we're glad to have you here, Sharon. T today, well, thank you, Liz. I mean, person on over here, uh, <laughs> we're gonna read a play called Crisis Line by Dan Borengasser. And there is two. There are two actors in uh, two, two characters in this play, and so I'm going to now introduce you, Lizzie Thomas. Welcome, Liz. It's nice to finally be introduced on the show. Well, I'm glad to finally do it. Thank you. With I'm your smiling to... face, oh, people who can't you. see your lovely smile. Well, thank you. It's it's nice to finally find. Thank you. Oh, I think your head just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Liz, are you? Uh, so this is why I work with a script, you know. Just, just read this. Just, just, yeah, just read the lines. It's, it's okay, Liz. We'll get there. Liz, there's no, that's good. There you go. So, Liz, are you are you hoping for a real person or a machine when you call? Uh, <laughs> mostly a real person. Hopefully, they can speak better than I can at the moment. Um, I don't think she wants to yeah. talk to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I definitely agree with Sharon. It helps when you have a real person because that way they can at least, like, there's there's a certain empathy, a certain commiserating, hopefully. I'm, I'm thinking of a few customer service calls I've made that maybe are not quite commiserating with me. But hopefully there's that idea of, yes, I've been where you are. Yes, mm -hmm. I am a human, too. So... There you go. And there's some understanding, right? Yeah, understanding. Right? Thank yeah. you. That's the word. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Well, today the play, once again, that we're going to read is called Crisis Line by Dan Borengasser. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign the roles here. For those of you listening at home, if you've not listened to this podcast before, this is a cold read. Neither one of these actors have read this play before. They don't even know what it's about. So I'm going to assign them their roles right now. So Sharon, if you would be so kind as to read the role of Sarah... And Liz, if you would please read the role of Trish. The author has given us a little bit of a forward <laughs> here, and also a little bit of a, uh, a biography, which I think is funny, so I'm going to read it out loud here. I'll also read the stage directions for the play. Borengasser, excuse me, Borengasser, who enjoys speaking of himself in the third person, has written plays that have been performed in theaters across the country, from New York to Los Angeles, as well as in Canada, Mexico, India, Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, and the Philippines. Borengasser is quite confident that he has other notable accomplishments, but for the moment, they escape him. This play, Crisis Line, is about Trish Foster, a suicidal caller to a crisis line who gets more than empathy and certainly more than she bargained for from the volunteer crisis line counselor, Sarah Collinsworth. Ladies and gentlemen, Crisis Line 
by Dan Boringasser. And open, a telephone rings. Crisis hotline. <laughs> Hello. My name's Sarah. What's going on? Um, I have to talk to someone. Shoot. There's an uncomfortable silence. Did you say shoot? Sorry, uh, old hotline joke. Go ahead. I, uh, oh. I don't know whether... You're not going to keep sniveling, are you? What? You snivel. I, I didn't snivel. Listen, I have heard every possible snivel, and believe me, you snivel. Oh, God, I shouldn't have called. No, too late. What's the problem? It's, it's just that I'm feeling, you know, uh, depressed, and am I on a speakerphone? Yep. Uh, do you mind picking up? This is kind of private. How private can it be? You're talking about it with a perfect stranger. Well, not exactly perfect. Have I got the right number? You did say this is the, uh, crisis hotline? Yeah, yeah, calm down. Sarah puts on a headset and disengages the speakerphone. There. You're off speakerphone, okay? Let's try this again. You called the crisis hotline. Most people call the crisis hotline because they're having a crisis. Take it from there. My, my husband and I are having problems. All couples have problems. And, and I think he's having an affair. Every woman thinks that at one time or another. What's he say? I haven't brought it up. Why not? I've, I'm scared. Yeah, well, who isn't? I, I don't mean to be critical, but shouldn't you be, like, more, you know, uh, more... Understanding? I suppose. Concerned? Yeah. Empathetic? Yes! Yeah, maybe. But you ever think maybe you're not the only one to have a bad day? I'm just asking. This is more than a bad day. Oh, I'm sure. What else? I can't eat or sleep. It's driving me crazy. One moment I'm furious, the next I think it's my fault. I mean, if I could have been more supportive or sexier or a, a better lover maybe he wouldn't have felt like he had to run around oh please what's your name i i don't want to say i need to call you something how about basket case or um wife or uh... becky call me becky that's better so uh becky what was the precipitating event the precipitating event yeah, you know, the, the reason you called, as opposed to yesterday or the day before that. He didn't come home last night. Okay. What is your state of mind, Becky? Not too good. I'm depressed most of the time. I feel helpless, lonely. Are you reading these questions? Yeah. So what? I don't know. Seems a little impersonal. <laughs> impersonal? Not much point in developing a relationship with someone planning to off their se themselves, is there? Off myself? Yeah, you know, suicide. A date with the old Grim Reaper. I, I didn't say anything about suicide. You didn't have to. You got all the signs. What is your plan of action? Have you had any training for this job? First of all, it's not a job. I'm a volunteer. I listen to all this depressing crap for free. You don't even want to get me started on that. And second, yeah, I've been trained extensively. Hours and hours and hours, okay? Satisfied. So what's your damn plan of action? You don't have to get so upset. <laughs> upset? <laughs> don't talk to me about upset, Becky, or whatever your name really is. 
who's the freaking counselor here anyway, huh? You or me? You. Damn straight. Now I'm going to ask you one more time. What the hell is your plan of action? Uh, no plan, really. Probably have a glass of wine, watch a movie, go to bed. Don't give me that garbage. You were suicidal. You're still suicidal. No, no, I feel better now. Liar. What about your husband, the uh, adulterous no-show? Jeez, what's your problem? Hey, I don't have a problem. You're the one with the problem, remember? Well, something must have happened to make you so hostile. I'm confused here. Aren't you the one who called the crisis hotline? What was it? What was what? You know, the uh, uh, precipitating event. Don't try that crap on me. If you're too embarrassed to say, that's all right. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. What? Misdirection. Changing the subject, acting like I'm the one with the problem. But I'm not. Think you're dealing with a rookie here, huh? I'm actually a good listener. Well, bully for you. Then listen to this. Your situation isn't even that bad. Compared to some of the pathetic losers I've had to deal with, you're like Little Miss Sunshine. Is that supposed to be comforting? In fact, for seriousness and potential for self-inflicted harm, I'm giving you a case of low rating. Feel better? You rate us? What do you expect? Have to evaluate you somehow. You're getting a four out of ten. A four? My situation was at least a seven. <laughs> Did you hear what you just said? Was. You're already using the past tense. Now tell me I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. If mine is a four, what's yours? How do you rate your condition? Bet mine is worse than yours. You're, you're probably a two. Okay, hotshot. I lost my job today. Like that's the end of the world. You can always get another job. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. So tell me, what's the, your, your state of mind? Isn't that the point of the crisis hotline? To listen to someone's crisis? What difference does it make if it's your crisis or mine? Besides, you already heard mine. Your turn. Cute. Very cute. Okay. I was an executive assistant at an advertising agency. I worked 70 hours a week. My life was my job. Doesn't sound so bad. Maybe a three. I was also having an affair with the owner of the agency who said he was leaving his wife for me. Like a dumbass, I fell for it. His wife finds out. Here I am. 32 years old. No job. No friends. No future. Wow. Sorry. A seven at least. <laughs> Maybe an eight. No, I don't even have a hamster to talk to. And the few times I get out of my apartment, what do I do? Come down here and listen to some nutcase whine about her supposed <coughs> problems. Present company, except. Is, um, is there anything I can do? Oh, please, give me a break. What the hell could you do? I don't know. Buy you a hamster? <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, say, so what's your real name anyway? Trish. Trish Foster. Hi, Trish. I'm Sarah Collinsworth. Well, this has all been very interesting, but my shift's winding down. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of paperwork to do first. You still suicidal? No. You? No, not that I ever was, of course. But I do feel a little better, so I guess I owe you that. Well, don't do anything I wouldn't do. See ya. Wait. What? You're about to get off? Yeah. You, uh, uh, want to meet? Let's go.
for a drink? Sorry, against the rules. Oh, sure. I should have thought of that. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, I'll try not to bother you again. Hey, no problem. Call anytime. As long as you're having a crisis, of course. Okay. Well, bye. See ya. There's the sound of a phone being hung up, followed, followed moments later by the beeping of a number being called and a phone ringing. Hello? We've got caller ID. Listen, I'm pretty screwed up right now. I wouldn't be much fun. <laughs> Me either. And maybe it's not such a good idea. We don't know each other. I don't know what we'd have to talk about. <laughs> well, we could meet for an in-depth analysis of our destabilizing circumstances. Ooh. <laughs> Is there also a special crisis line term for that? Yeah. A bitch session. <laughs> Count me in. The end. Hey! Yay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So now we're going to move into the part of the show where we have a brief discussion about the play that we've just read. And I want to start with the question that I normally start with, and that's your first impressions. Good or bad thoughts, uh, things that you'd like to see more of, or less of whatever you might have as a first impression of the play. Sharon, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to second that. Ouch! I mean, you know, speaking as somebody who's been depressed, who is depressed, that's the that's your biggest fear right there, is yeah. getting that person. Yeah. Not that really? there is that person, but it's, yeah, yeah, ouch. Yeah. yeah Sorry, I maybe I'm taking it too seriously. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, uh, yeah, full, full disclosure, um, yeah, this is something that's, like, I, <clears throat> wow, words. Um, you know, when, when you've been touched by someone who has passed because of that, it's really, really difficult to read anything that makes light of it and I, I appreciate that it's like by the end of it you know you did find uh, you know they, they found each other but at the same oh, time right. you you know the worst thing you can have or well one of the worst things you can have for someone who is suicidal is to have someone who does not listen who does not acknowledge who does not see them and yeah I'm gonna have to second the ouch so talk to me then about what what is uh what is what is Trish's expectation here? What uh someone who someone who can listen, I feel like someone someone who can uh someone who can as I said, acknowledge and see her and just, you know, not dismiss her with a oh yeah, it's gonna all be alright, but who can actually like take her in and take in her situation and uh, and then yeah maybe offer some uh, some wisdom some resources if, if she can't offer wisdom but I mean but you know you have no idea <laughs> how much it helps when somebody just listens like really listens not just uh-huh uh-huh okay that's great but you know suck it up you'll be fine um, you know but when you actually need somebody to listen and somebody is actually there to really understand what's going on that's that's vital okay 
Sure. Yeah. Anything that you want to add to that, Sherry? Um. No, I think I think Trish is just like like Liz said, looking for somebody to to listen and to not commiserate, yeah. uh, but to to be a willing ear mm. and to yeah, and to not judge. Mm-hmm. So what about the uh, what about the practical matters of this uh, of this script? This is going to be staged. How do you envision this staging? working uh do you see them as isolated within light we've talked about that uh a little bit uh earlier this evening we talked about it outside of this recording um uh, what sort of set do you imagine this uh this taking i see sarah in a cubicle mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah uh you know it's actually funny i was i was thinking about that as we were reading to me this play almost lends itself more to like a podcast or, or something like that, almost like a radio play. Yeah. Um, Since it is on the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, you could always do like the sort of split stage thing. But I mean, I wonder if it would be interesting to have sort of a, a compromise. Like, to, I, I also pictured a cubicle. But so to have Sarah maybe in a cubicle and then you just sort of hear this disembodied Trish voice and that's Trish. Um, it doesn't have to be a recording. I mean, you could have an actress like standing backstage, you know. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yes. in a 10-minute play setting, that's <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, where yeah. you're going to be. <laughs> um, but, or to even, or to switch it and, you know, and have Trish be on stage, just herself. Um, for some reason, I, I, I picture just like, like her bed, but she's not like on it. Maybe she's like leaning against it on the floor or something and that's, mm -hmm. that's it. It's kind of like a pretty tight uh, spot on her. And uh, and then maybe Sarah's kind of the disembodied voice. Um, maybe that. I think it could work either way. Yeah, yeah. I do think, and I'm not a lighting type at all, but I do think considering the uh, overall action of the play, mm -hmm. um, dark stage with bright spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when I, uh, when I. We were reading through here just a minute ago. I, I yeah, I think that separating them is important. Uh, yeah. Visually separating them, mm -hmm. and an, an easy way to do that would be bright spots on a on a very dark stage. Yeah, I think you're right. Any other, uh, any further observations about the play? Anything that you want to put forward, ladies? I'm still processing it. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, th this is. This is interesting. I mean, because again, I, I mean, I, I, this, this hit me very personally, which I know plays are supposed to do. I'm just not sure if I, I appreciated the way that it hit me personally, to be honest. Very fair. Well, we want to thank you for coming and joining us here and reading the play here tonight. Yeah. We want to thank Dan Borengasso for his play, uh, Crisis Line, as well. And we want to thank Lauren Watkins and Zodiac Productions for being here to record for us. 
Uh, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you get a brand new play every week. You'll get it at 12.01 a.m. on Monday. Uh, make sure you visit our Facebook page if you haven't already and follow us there. If you have questions that you'd like to put forward uh, to us or to the playwright, go ahead and post them there on the page and we'll do our best to get back to you as quick as we can. If you would like to submit a play for consideration, you can send the PDF file to literary at panglossian.org and we'll be sure to read it and consider it for the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us this week and we'll see you again next time. Goodbye, everybody.